A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Suffering succotash. Roman Reigns is looking real got to these days on SmackDown because he's shown up, you see. Hello and welcome to the SmackDown podcast here on the WrestleTalk podcast channel. I am your host, Tempest, alongside my wonderful and beautiful co-host, Sat, Ian Yangi. Sat, what's causing all this? LA Knight, Crown Jewel, Roman Reigns. Acknowledge him. He is the new head of the table. But before we begin, a little I'm more energized. Happy Saturday day. For those of you who missed me last week, uh, apologies. I'm like Ian uh, Riccoboni. Uh, every time you don't see me, it's family stuff. I'm a father. I'm a partner. So I go like life admin to deal with because I work in real life six days a week. So Wrestle Talk they offered me some time off and that was one of the times off. But of course I missed you. I saw you and Pete last week. It made me laugh. You guys did the whole intro stuff and everything like that. And I was like, oh it's cute. Tempest trying to keep the tradition alive. Albeit different. But yeah, I'm good to be back. Um yeah, what's causing all this? Like I said, LA Night, Roman Reigns. Uh, yeah, let's break it down. Let's break it down. Dun, da, 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 da. Break it down. <laughs> so, of course, this show opens. We are going to start with the opening to this show. Mm-hmm. We start with the contract signing between Roman Reigns and L.A. Knight. Yeah. Yeah. So Roman Reigns makes his entrance first, but before he can make it all the way to the ring, L.A. Knight's music interrupts him. He blows right by him, doesn't even acknowledge him. Mm-mm. Choice of words indeed. Mm-hmm. And he gets in the ring, does his whole spiel, and he sits down at the table, at mm. the head of the table, where Roman Reigns typically likes to sit at these contract signings. So Roman Reigns is looking a little bit upset by all of this, but he gets in the ring and he's still cool as a cucumber. He gets in, and L.A. Knight is just rearing to go. He wants to sign this contract. Yeah. 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 And he signs. They get Roman Reigns to sign. His pen doesn't work. Needs to get a second pen. They sign. And Roman Reigns starts talking about, man, you know, this is this is your first time doing all this. You've never had a, a contract signing before. You've never had a championship match before. I'll mm. go easy on you, sweetheart. And... L.A. Knight doesn't take too kindly to this, of course. But he says, yeah, you know, this is my first time going for the WWE Championship. In just a year here on SmackDown, I've risen to the top. 
Meanwhile, while I was grinding, you were doing suffering succotash. Which everybody remembers as being one of the worst promos in WWE history. Mm-hmm. Pro- undoubtedly the worst promo of Roman Reigns' career. And really kind of the catalyst moment where I think a lot of people went, Really? This guy, because that was like two weeks before he won the Royal Rumble as he was going to go and be the guy who was challenging uh, Brock Lesnar for the title at WrestleMania and everything. And, you know, there were other choices and it wasn't looking like Roman Reigns was going to be the right one at the time. But anyway. They gave him like recycled John Cena promos. Yeah. Even his delivery, when you watch it, it's so painful. It's like... You know, just be, be more like Cena. You know, do 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 it the way Cena does it. Yeah, man, suffering, succotash. Yeah, I did. I said that suffering, succotash. Wink. I'm like, oh man, it's bad. Cena could. The weird thing is, had John Cena done it, you'd be like, yes, yeah, another cartoon John Cena promo. But when Roman Reigns does it, the the initial the issue with Roman Reigns was he was initially just quick tangent side tab. He was like the brooding silent member of the Shield. And then they 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 retconned him to being the leader, and I was like, God, oh, I never mm-hmm. the leader. It was always cringe watching the white family, the two leaders of the shield. It's like, no, it was Ambrose. He was the he was the you know the voice of the group. He was always busy. He was the U.S. champion of the group. Anyway, yeah. So Roman goes from being brooding to being John Cena 2.0. Didn't work. And then they tried to make him Austin when he was feuding with the League of Nations or United Nations, whatever the group's name was. So John, like like La Knight said it, while he was being Eli Drake, while he was part of the Rising, stand up. You know, while he was doing dummy, yeah, being tag team champion, Scott Steiner, winning the Global Force title. No, it's not being Impact. Now it's TNA. We don't know what belt it is. Roman Reigns was trying to figure himself out. Is he blue wise? No, he's not blue wise. Does he come through the stage? No. Does he have the shield music? You know, like he went through many iterations of his character until he was finally allowed to be himself, the tribal chief. Indeed. And so this being referenced here, again, sets Roman a little bit on edge. And L.A. Knight says that there's nothing that you can do about it. At Crown Jewel, I'm going to be the WWE champion. I really like a moment here where he says that everybody knows who's going to win. And you would think that would be the pause where they would all go, L.A. Knight, yeah. Yeah. But he says, not yet. Mm. Like he cuts the fans off and be like, no, 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 no. Just like, again, the conductor telling them when to sing along with his catchphrase. I thought that bit was just brilliant. But he goes on and says, you know, like, uh, that that's not just an opinion. It's not an insult. It's just a fact of life. Yeah. At Crown Jewel, I'm going to be raising the WWE Championship and everybody's going to be saying L.A. Night. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought this was a really good promo. What, what I liked about the promo is that there's been an issue with Roman Reigns' uh, feuds where... For a while, it seemed like no one was allowed to challenge him post mm-hmm. Cody. That's the reason well, why he hasn't yeah. really been defending it. It's like you got a money in a bank on Raw. When do you ever see Damian Priest just randomly visiting SmackDown saying, mm-hmm. "Hey, hey guys, I just come to check out, you know, the 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 the, 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 the stationery and you know, just see how the sofa's feeling, you know, just <laughs> just come say hello, you know, just say hey." No, there's not even a fr- imminent threat of I want your title. It's like. That's why I said, like, since WrestleMania, you can't even call Roman Reigns a champion. You just call him a title holder. He just yeah. holds these two, well, not two belts anymore. He holds this belt 
that he doesn't defend. It's just extra luggage because no one ever challenges him. How can I be a championship if no one's challenging for it, if that makes sense? Yeah. So the fact that like, LA Knight saying, I want to face you, I can beat you, I can be champion, is refreshing because not even Cody did that. Cody went with the respect route. Can I respect you, our family, blah, blah. You are the go, blah, blah. No, LA Knight's been disrespectful and it's the first time in a long time probably since Cena, when Cena came back from SummerSlam, he had a wrestler that's really trying to take the fight to Roman. It's very refreshing. It's different. With with like Kevin Owens and Drew McIntyre, if they had PTSD of old feuds or where they got belittled or they got screwed out. But with LA Knight, who's never touched Roman Reigns, he's got that uh, bravado that we love about him. It's the same bravado he had against uh, Bray Wyatt. So why would he change now? This is the guy that goes into the fire, into the flame, not knowing what kind of danger he may be in, but he doesn't care. And that's what we love and respect LA Knight. Yeah. And also... The last thing I may add as well, I'm happy he's back to the year again because it went through a point where I felt like he wasn't doing enough years. His fans are saying, yeah. But now he's saying something, yeah, do this, yeah. Can you feel it? Yeah. Can you feel it? Yeah. 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 <laughs> but yeah, I like the promo. And, and it, it shows you, because you know a lot of times you're like, oh, he's a good promo. But he's like, he is a genuinely good WWE style promo. Mm-hmm. He, he gets it. And you can tell he's got this hunger. There's a guy that, that had to fight claw and scratch. He's now in his 40s, which is usually a death sentence in a WWE sports entertainment industry or heck in the whole wrestling industry because WWE are the industry leaders. Whatever they deem is worthy. Sometimes, unfortunately, as much as you don't want to do it, but if like, you know, your, your cognitive behavior, you subconsciously take in some of the crap that WWE spew and you're like, yeah, you're old to be a main eventer. But no, LA Knight's reinventing that. He's like, hey, you can be 40, 41. It's still never too late to be champion. If you look the part, you can, that's the thing about LA Knight. It's not like 90s, 40s when Bob Backlund was deemed too old when he was only like 43 and they're like, ah, he's hanging over the edge. Wrestlers of today take care more of themselves. They love their, you know, health and fitness. It's not about drugs and alcohol like it used to be in the 80s, 70s, the Wild West. The t- wrestlers of today, they're into fitness and, in, and the guy like LA Knight is paying off. Yeah, I think this guy is, you know how people say that The Miz is a good talker, but not a good promo, for example? Ooh, okay. You know, like, the the criticism against The Miz is, like, he delivers his material very well, Mm. but very rarely does it actually get you interested in seeing a match. Mm. I feel like L.A. Knight could have been one of those guys, but... Now being put in a situation with a clear goal in mind, because he's kind of been directionless for the last little while. Like, Mm. he had the Battle Royal win. He wanted to win Money in the Bank, sure. But it's not like one guy to cut a promo on for most of this year. Mm -hmm. Now he has somebody to really go at. Mm -hmm. And he really made me interested in seeing this Crown Jewel match. I don't think he's going to win, obviously. I'm not kidding myself Are you kidding me? But... I think his delivery here was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I think his interaction with the crowd is fantastic. Yeah. And he got me interested in seeing this match. So I gave this promo top marks all the way through. And as he says, LA Knight, yeah, Roman yeah. Reigns flips the table up onto him. He beats him down, hits a few kicks, stomps, whatnot. He rolls out of the ring. He gets another table, which is 
It's funny. You already yeah. had one right there. But he, he gets another table. He puts it in the ring. As he sets it up, he turns around. L.A. Knight turns the tables on him. He starts getting the advantage, at which point he gets jumped by Jimmy Uso. Roman Reigns retreats to the entranceway. Jimmy Uso's like, ah, oh, I got this, and then gets slammed through the table as L.A. Knight stands tall. I thought this was a really good little contract signing segment. Still mm -hmm. pretty, like, by the books, you know? Like, it's a contract signing. They're not terribly creative segments. But in terms of what we were getting here, if you're going to book a contract signing, I think they did a pretty good job with this. I think the key to why we enjoy this contract signing is it was at the beginning, not the end. I think mm -hmm. it was at the end. I think the, the tune will be a bit different. Be like, oh, it's a bug standard contract signing. You know, sure. you know, LA Knight's promo will be the highlight of it. But we'll mm -hmm. be like, oh, we've seen this a, a, a thousand times. You know, the baby face needs heat. You know, he needs all the heat, especially how he's been booked abysmally. Because we talked about it earlier. This is a guy that couldn't beat Xavier Woods early in the year. And now we, we expect to believe he can beat Roman Reigns now. Mm -hmm. So they have to make it believable. You know, part of what we like wrestling is, you know, you have to suspend your disbelief sometimes. And this yeah. is one of the situations where we have to do, uh, suspend it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And it is worth saying that they started and closed the show with the two biggest, you know, most popular acts on the show, I would say, right now. Roman yeah. Reigns and L.A. Knight. John Cena was there as well. But Roman Reigns and L.A. Knight, they're getting the big reactions. They're the big stars on this show. They were opener and they were the main event as well, which we will get to right now because tie up this Roman Reigns LA Knight stuff in a neat little bow because backstage you had Paul Heyman with a custom WWE championship for the Green Bay Packers hell yes sports uh sports sports ball for me uh anytime anytime I hear the word uh Green Bay Packers or I can think of is from, from Green Bay, Wisconsin, Mr. Kennedy. It's a good point. And also, Kennedy. <laughs> Indeed. They were in Milwaukee. I believe it's pronounced Milwaukee. And he says that he's got this custom WWE title. And Roman Reigns is like, oh, what is that? And he's like, oh, I'm going to go give this to L.A. Knight because this is as close to the WWE title as he's ever going to get. Boom. Roman Reigns like, ha, 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 ha. Jimmy Uso comes in and he lays down on the couch. And we were having a discussion about this in the office before this show. Because you and I, mm -hmm. very frankly, have mm -hmm. not been the biggest fans of the Jimmy Uso turn and, no. and whatnot the last few months. No. And I think rightfully so. Mm -hmm. I think this story... Did jump the shark at, at SummerSlam and everything. Yep. But one of the things that we always said throughout all of this mm -hmm. was that for this character to work, Jimmy Uso that is, for this character to work, you need to have him bouncing off Roman Reigns. Bingo. And throughout the last couple of months, Roman Reigns has just not been on SmackDown. No. So it's been impossible for anything to develop character-wise for Jimmy Uso. He's mm -hmm. been doing his little things, kind of saying, like, oh, I, like acting like the tribal chief and whatnot. Yeah, the plays and calling the audibles and yeah. stuff like that. He's acting like a jock. That's why we said in the office, because, uh, yeah, I'm going to let you say your, your piece before I, I say my piece, because, you know. Well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. this works yeah. when you've got Roman Reigns there. If Roman Reigns was there every week and you had these two characters to build off of each other, I don't think there would be nearly as much negativity towards Jimmy Uso, because in this segment, Jimmy Uso was, like, 
funny, mm. you know, and they had good banter back and forth. Yeah. As Roman Reigns tells him that he needs to handle LA Knight tonight and tells Paul Heyman to go and make the main event match. But you don't have that most weeks, and you haven't. But it does show that, well, if Roman Reigns is going to be here for Crown Jewel and... I don't know if he's going to be here after that. Yeah, exactly. This is the kind of thing you need. You need the main character there if the supporting characters are going to feel well, f fully realized. Yeah, because now, now I finally get who Jimmy is, because uh, we were talking about in the office, because uh, we said that Jay was the angsty emo twin, and um, the way J uh, Jay talks about Jimmy is like he was walking on water. You know, he was like the prom king, the, the jock. He was the guy. So it makes sense that Jimmy thinks he's the guy he thinks he's the best and also when you look at the dynamic of the bloodline initially when Sami Zayn joined the group he had this goofy handshake with Jimmy Jimmy was the one that's smiling and yeah exactly he had the whole it was Jimmy he had it with it was it was Jay who was just stewing in the corner oh I hate this I have to suffer to be in this group oh this guy's getting you know Jimmy was always like yeah man I'm tag team champion I'm laid back so you can't all of a sudden when he turned heel for him to be the um the menacing heel, because it doesn't make sense, because it's kind of like, that's not what he always portrayed. Yeah, he was the guy that got second title Romans berating, and he's the first one to fire off the shots. But his natural personality has always been happy-go-lucky. So let's make him a happy-go-lucky fool who's over his head. The thing is over his head. And now we know what the defining trait of the character is, we can hone in more on it. So now when Roman's gone, it's not as bad as before. Now his, his character defined. Now you know what's going to happen. Paul Heyman's going to have a crazy headache again because, you know, Roman's not around and Jimmy thinks he's not in control. He's like, okay, Tribal Chief's gone off. Uh, I'm going to take control now, right? I got this, you know? And he, he doesn't got it because he's over his head. To, it comes to the point where I said to, to Tempest, maybe he might lose a squash match because the way they're using him right now, he's, he's more of a comedic figure. So we they might have to be careful because he's been eating a lot of pins as well lately. So if they, if we're meant to have this great WrestleMania match where we believe it's going to be, you know, neck and neck, Jimmy Uso needs to convincingly, you know, show his other side because mm -hmm. right now he's going to almost verge to the point of being almost like a Santino Morella-esque kind of, I can't take him seriously in the ring. So he had a great match later on we're going to talk about. But yeah, in terms of character work, top notch. It's like Chris Tucker playing the role of uh, Jimmy Uso because in that scene, it was like Roman went, I need you to go deal with LA Knight. And he's like, I just I just came from the trainer's room. I'm on the injured reserve list. What'd you say? I'm off the injured reserve list. I'm going to go handle it. <laughs> like within the breath because Roman Reigns is a great straight man. That's why I helped the Sami Zayn character get over because Roman is such a, he's very giving in that remarks. You know, he doesn't like the yeats. He's, he's getting over what Jimmy's meant to be, this overbearing, you know, overconfident, out of his depth, as we mentioned again, guy. So that exchange in itself was incredible. He went, you know, I'm on the injured reserve list tonight. I can't, I can't do this. And Roman's like, what, what would you say? I'm off the injury reserve list. I'm going to handle it. You know, I love that. That whole yeah. dynamic is very good stuff. And this led to the main event, which beforehand we had LA Knight cutting a backstage promo where it was just him mm. talking right to the camera mm -hmm. saying he's going to beat Jimmy Uso. I really enjoyed this. Again, it's LA Knight cutting a promo on the guy he's going to face in the main event, but it felt like very 80s mm -hmm. where you don't need someone there holding the microphone for you mm -mm. to just like ask you a non-question and be like la night you're wrestling jimmy uso tonight jimmy uso when i when i see you tonight i'm gonna snap your legs i'm gonna snap your arms so you can't move and when i beat your ass i'm gonna sit on your face <laughs> 
it's much easier to just have the guy looking right into camera, saying what he's got to say for like 30 seconds, 45 seconds, and then walk off. Yeah. I really like this presentation. It's it was. very 80s and in a very good way. And then, of course, we had our main event, that being L.A. Knight versus Jimmy Uso. Jim Uso. Jimmy James <laughs> Uso. And solid little main event, mm. you know? They, they went back and forth. L.A. Knight looked like a credible main event competitor mm -hmm. in this case and won the match with a leaping to the top rope superplex followed by a BFT. He's celebrating afterwards. They're hyping up Crown Jewel. And then Roman Reigns goes to try and take him out with a spear, but misses, turns around, and gets a BFT of his own. And that's how you go off the show, with L.A. Knight standing over Roman Reigns. And that's pretty good, if you're asking me. Like, you got to make people believe, like, at least suspend your disbelief a little bit. Because I don't think a lot of people are going to think that LA Knight's going to win this match. But you know what's sad? The sad thing is, it's not a little bit. It's three years of worth of disbelief we have to have. Yeah. It's it's Roman Reigns. He's not like the ultimate super, was it the ultimate boss, the final boss you have to face. That's that's the thing is, like as much as we're, it's, if it wasn't for the fact that there's a story that needs to be finished, it, it could have been like, you know what? Yeah. He could. He could. But he's not. Nope. There's a finish, a story. We're gonna finish a story. Well, but the question is, you know, we'll, I guess we'll get to it after Crown Jewel. What's next for LA Knight? Yeah. Well, we will find out. Let us know what you thought of the entire LA Knight Roman Reigns fiasco that was on this episode of SmackDown. How mm -hmm. do you think the Jimmy Uso character is working out between all these? And how much do you think Roman Reigns being there affects that character development? Let us know the answers to all of these things in the comments down below. Let us know your thoughts on the show. And make sure, of course, that you've liked this video, subscribed, and rung that bell to stay notified for all future podcasts here on the channel. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. We're going to get into the rest of our SmackDown review here because we have about another half of the show to talk about or so. Because the first match on the show following that contract signing segment was the LWO of Santos Escobar and Carlito taking on the Street Profits and their new music. Yes! Now, I'm not going to pretend that the new song is better than the old song. I might do. I, I don't, uh, Def Rebel does nothing for me, but. What? Listen, point, no. Def, Def Rebel. I'm not letting you die on this hill. I, no, no, I, I am willing to die on this hill because he gives Roman Reigns theme, the Usos theme, Grayson Wallace theme, the best theme that Def Rebel's ever made, ever, ever made, the EO Sky theme. You can't, EO Sky theme will blow most of the, the, the loopy songs. You, you, you guys have some weird, you, you know, what's, what's the word? You, retroactive memory of what uh, the issue was with, with uh, CFOs. They made loops. After 30 seconds, you get the gist of what the song's about. They just repeat it over and over again. Come on. Yeah, Nakamura's song is good, but it's good for the first minute or so because it really rinsed it out after a minute, so you're looping it again in a cycle. CFO's theme, looping. Kevin Owens' theme, yeah, it's fine, but it loops the same way. There's not a Jim Johnson guitar solo to break things up. Huh? Death Rebels have the same key change all the time. Yeah, it's true. Same key change. Same key change. Same trap drums for hip-hop themes. Yeah, but at least they actually make actual songs. You actually got singing lyrics. Baron Coburn's new theme in NXT is great. Carmelo Hayes' theme is great. Heck, the rip-off theme that Trick Williams has is great. It's better than anything the CFO's ever made. Loopy loop. Glorious loopy loop. After the chorus of Glorious, there's nothing more lyrics to that song. I'm gonna die on that hill. I am. I drink an energy drink, guys. I got all this energy. You don't want to mess with me. I'll die on that hill. CFOs, not on Death Rebels level. I'm sorry. Loopy loops. 30 second loops. I used to play it and I was like, I'm done with this. 30 seconds walk. I'm done with this. Loopy loop. So the Street Profits have a new song. <laughs> We've been asking for a updated version of Street Profits music to match their new character. And we got that this week. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to applaud that. Uh, this was solid little opening tag match. They go back and forth. They do their thing. And eventually, you get shown Rey Mysterio watching backstage. Mm -hmm. And he's watching the monitor. And he gets hit from behind by one Logan Paul. Who's like, all it's going to take, Rey, is one lucky punch. So Escobar says, go check on him. I got this. That's which is dumb. It's like how dumb many, baby face. No, no, just that. How many members are left in LWO? I was gonna say that exact <laughs> same thing. There are three other members of the LWO that can go and check. You don't need your partner in a tag team match. To Zelina, go, and, do go it. and check if the others are still not back from the injury reserve list. 
I had the exact same thought. <laughs> so uh, Santos Escobar does in fact not have this because he manages to fight the Street Profits two on one for a little bit, but he is focused on Montez Ford. Angelo Dawkins gets the blind tag and then hits the revelation for the win. So the Street Profits get another win here. Sucks to be the LWO, I suppose, but is what it is. And yeah, I think this is a step in the right direction for the Street Profits. They were able to get like a more fully realized entrance. It's still a lot of their old entrance. I know. I've, I, I, the, the thing is, I'm trying to take steps forward. That, that's the thing. I'm, I'm trying to resist to complain because I'm asking for a traditional hill turn and they're doing things like, we're doing a slow hill turn. They're, they're shedding their skin bit by bit. Then, because I, I don't know, maybe it's like, do you want them to be brooding hills? Would that take away from the fact that Montez is very, you know, charismatic, but it's also another way to channel his charisma because he got enough energy. Reminds me of Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels, wherever he'll baby face, he's either an obviously obnoxious jerk or obviously obnoxious baby face. <laughs> so they, they are like areas where, you know, it's charming or it's a jerk, charming, jerk. So I feel like Montez Ford got in him to find that side of himself, to channel that charisma in a more negative kind of way. But I like the fact that Angel Dawkins has got a more realized wrestling outfit. I was, I was always like, ah, there's a baggy basketball shorts and outfit. I get what he's going for, he's trying to look like a, you know, a baller. But now he's got a more uniform wrestling outfit that kind of complements um, Montez's one a bit more wearing gloves, you know, he's trying to have his own style. But I appreciate the change they're making. Um, yeah, the entrance, you, you know what? Who knows? In a few months' time, we'll be like, oh, they're not doing that anymore. They're mm -hmm. now just walking solid and looking mean. But it's like, well, let's be realistic. Again, I don't know. So I'm reserving my, my right to judge until I've seen the finished product. I think that is fair. After that, we have Logan Paul walking backstage and kind of does an interview, kind of ignores the interview. Mm. Like, interview lady doesn't get to ask her questions. She just, he just continues walking. He's like, no, Kathy. He yeah. took, he took Kathy, Kathy Kelly's microphone and then gave it back to her. That, that was like, a, that, that made me laugh. I don't know. Yeah. It made me chuckle. It was, just, it was random. As a media person, you never let go of your microphone. They teach you that. Yeah, anyway. but she, she, he took her by surprise because she's like, no, never. You ain't got your microphone, they take it back. See, too slow. <laughs> yeah. like... So he continues walking and he kind of comes face to face with Kevin Owens and they have a little stare down. And it looks like something maybe is going to happen here. And I believe that Logan Paul is probably winning that US title. I'm not going to lie. Mm. I think he's winning that title at Crown Jewel. Mm. And I think a next feud for him could very easily end up being Kevin Owens. The reason I'm making noises is because it's like, yeah. The reason I'm making, I'm making the sound is because it's Logan Paul going to be a transitional champion and they're going to give the title back to KO. Because I can't envision, I know KO's a professional, but... You know what I'm saying? KO losing to Logan Paul. I don't yeah, think it happens soon. I think it could be a match of like the Royal Rumble or something. I thought, you know what? Loki, I was thinking of teasing a a, 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 a a douchey trio of uh, Logan Paul, Austin Theory. Actually, no, even, actually a four-way, actually, because he's got an alliance with Dominic Mysterio. So you've got Dominic, Logan Paul, uh, Austin Theory, and Grayson Waller. All, the, all four of these guys together. Well, we'll get to them. Because they go their separate ways. Logan Paul walks off. Kevin Owens is left standing there. And who approaches but Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. A-Town Down Under. Yes. 
They walk up and they're being obnoxious or whatever. And Kevin Owens just starts rearing to go. He's ready for a fight. He says, I'm going to knock you both out with one punch. You deserve a punch to the face, which is in reference to the uh, deal he did last week. Backstage interview with Kathy Kelly, where he says that both Austin Theory and Grayson Waller could use a punch to the face. So the officials and everything, they separate them. And then you got a shot of just Theory and Waller stood shoulder to shoulder being like, oh, what was I going to do? He's going to try and knock us out with one punch. That would never work. And then just a fist comes in from off screen and boom, boom, gets both of them with one shot, drops both Theory and Waller. And he's like, yeah, there you go. One punch. So Kevin Owens is one punch man, and that that's it. Yeah, what what was great as well because Jamie Noble was one of the officials uh, separating them, and he, and he went to Jamie, I could knock him with one punch, and then Jamie's like, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. And then when he did, yeah, he goes, can, see Kevin. Jamie, I did it. That's what he said when he was leaving. See Jamie, I knew I can do it. Like he was two so proud former of Ring of Honor World Champions bonding mm. over a punch. Mm. Love to see it. Um, we then had yes. some nonsense, if I'm being perfectly honest, uh, because we had a backstage deal from earlier in the day where Shotzi is talking with Nick Aldis. Mm-hmm. And this gets interrupted by Chelsea Green and Piper Niven. Mm-hmm. And they kind of bicker. Chelsea Green does her thing where she, you know, is being a Karen and is upsetting the uh, the authority figure. A for a tie. And Shotzi's like, all right, how about uh, we have a match tonight? And Nick Aldis is like, oh, that sounds good to me. Consider it booked. Off they all go. And then we get that match. As Shotzi faces Chelsea Green, and I thought, I thought that all of this was going to be in some way to set up the return of Isla Dawn and Alba Fire. Mm. Because we've been getting these vignette packages for the last few weeks. Sporadically. <laughs> yeah. Whenever, whenever they remember. Pretty much. But they had one last week, so it was kind of fresh in my mind, where you had these two who say that they placed the curse on the women's tag titles, why people keep getting hurt and such. And I was then thinking, oh, now we've got the women's tag cha- tag team champions on this show for the first time since like June or whatever. They must be coming back. This must be their return show. That makes sense. And then that didn't happen because <laughs> they just had a match and it's Shotzi who is not regularly on SmackDown. She had her run with Bailey, and then that sort of went nowhere and then continued and still went nowhere. It was mm. really weird. Yeah. Kind of continued after the blow off match. And mm-hmm. she was just like terrorizing Bailey for an extra week or two and then dropped off the face of the earth. So it's been a while since we've seen Shotzi on this show. She's meant to be unhinged as well, but she still seems like that same Shotzi. Yeah, she's just hair. Shotzi. She's just got punk rock hair now. Mm. But regardless, she's facing Chelsea Green and... It's a match. The I love peop- saying it. the, it's a match. Yeah, it was a match. The people were not terribly into it because neither of these two are on SmackDown regularly. I don't think they see either of these two as like a star. You know, oh, Chelsea's a star, man. I think I think Chelsea's a star as well, mm. but like she's a Raw star, and everyone just kind of looks at the at the women's tag titles as like, eh, okay, whatever. But anywho, it's never been defended. So I, I get the apathy. Yeah. It, it's it is what it is. But they have this little match. And Chelsea hits a move, does a big pose. She's waving or doing whatever. And then she lies down on her back on Shotzi and it goes one. And then she goes and hooks her and pins her with a crucifix and then walks away. So maybe 
Shotzi's got tag team amnesia, mm. and she'll find a friend yeah, to yeah. go and yeah. You know, like I saw a graphic that said that she and Natalia t- teamed at WrestleMania this year, and I went, <laughs> I don't remember that at all. Natalia is another one that suffers from tag team amnesia. I think they're going for a Guinness World Record where Natalia goes, I've teamed with everybody Everyone on the roster. There's <laughs> two things you can count on with Natalia. Actually, three things. Mentioning her family, uh, tag team amnesia, and uh, the, the, I was going to get to the third one, but I forgot what the third one I was going to say. Wait, tag team amnesia. Oh, you are my best friend. Yeah. That, that was a recurring thing where yeah. a wrestler would turn on her and she would say, Nikki Bella, you were my best friend. But you, you said Beth Phoenix, your best friend. Ronda Rousey, you are a close dear friend of mine. What you said? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I used to hate that. I used yeah. to hate when they used to turn on her and her spiel would be, same script, recycle, just say it. Mm-hmm. You were my best friend. Nonsense. Tag yeah, that was, that was this, uh, this was the women's match on this show. Uh, the customary one women, you know, do what Raw does. Have a bunch of women on making cameos and, you know, creating some sort of buzz. Gosh. We had damage control backstage in a later segment, but that was about it. So in this case, that was that. And then the next thing that we got was John Felix Anthony Cena Jr. Ooh. Coming down to the ring for a promo. Trivia champion here. Yeah, indeed. Mm -hmm. What, do I know something? Fact check. Mm -hmm. Anywho, he comes down to the ring. And starts basically cutting the same promo that he cut last week. You know, saying that the math isn't going to lie. It's been, he didn't give a number this week, but last week it was 2002 days. So I guess it's 2009 days since his last singles win, which was at the greatest Royal Rumble against Triple H, in case anybody was wondering. That long? It's been that long since his last singles win on TV slash broadcast, whatever. Mm. And he says he's going to win at Crown Jewel. The people start chanting, you still got it. And he's like, what if I don't? And then he fires up and he's like, but I'm not ready for this ride to be over. Mm -hmm. You people show up, whether it's WrestleMania or Crown Jewel or SmackDown here in Milwaukee. (laughs) And then Paul Heyman comes out. Mm -hmm. And this is where I really started to enjoy the segment. Because I feel like we didn't really get too many Paul Heyman, John Cena, one-on-one promos during that lead up to SummerSlam in 2021, mm. you know? In this case, this wasn't about, oh, you're challenging Roman or whatever. He's challenging Solo. So you didn't have to worry about as much of the same spiel that you typically get from Paul Heyman. Yep. And in this case, it was one that was focused much more on John Cena, similar to like earlier in the year when he was doing those promos with Cody Rhodes, mm-hmm. and they were very Cody Rhodes-centric promos. Mona history. Yeah, and I love those kind of promos because Paul Heyman is someone that I, funny enough, believe very much when he is talking. You know, one of the great liars and con men in the history of the business and whatnot. But in terms of a storyteller, Mm -hmm. I'm inclined to believe a lot of the things he's saying because so much of his promos are based in reality. Bingo. You know? So he comes out there and he says, like, he's showing him all the respect possible. He asks to go in the ring with John Cena. And John Cena's like, yeah, sure. Whatever you want. Offers him a hand. And John Cena's like, okay, I'll shake your hand. He thanks him for the house. This big house drawn and everything. And... Shows him all the respect in the world. Says, listen, John, nobody respects you more than me. When I was running SmackDown, who was my first draft pick? It from was OVW. From OVW, 
decision that was made in a WWE boardroom, that's when all this started. I chose you. So I know how great you are. That was line number one, because you're like, uh, Orton debuted in April. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the debuted. You know that was, Listen, you I'm can't like, remember you know that part. And then, but Lesnar was over. You know that was. Yeah, you like, can't so. think about that. You can't think about that. Doesn't matter if he's the third draft. Pick. Yeah, he was the third draft yeah. pick. Gosh, <laughs> darn it! Just to tell a story. Sure. We, we, yeah. We, we, yeah. We'll pretend. Yeah. We don't. We don't watch wrestling. We're casuals. <laughs> the, 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 the mythical casuals. Yeah. Yeah. Wink. Wink. Yeah. So he's really hyping up John Cena, but he says that when Roman Reigns beat John Cena at SummerSlam 2021, mm. that meant that John Cena wasn't the greatest of all time anymore. And when you consider that he hadn't won a singles match for three years prior to that match, oh. maybe he already wasn't. Who knows? Oh. You know, so you start getting into this. Yeah. And John Cena is hearing all of this, and not saying a whole lot, his part of the promo is done. Mm -hmm. And Paul Heyman says that when you step into the ring with Solo Sokoa at Crown Jewel, he's going to beat you, and that's not a prediction. That's a spoiler. And when he says this, Solo Sokoa comes out, lays him out, just lays him out. Totally no offense back from John Cena. This wasn't back and forth. Solo Sokoa just knocks him out. Leaves him in the dirt. It's weird to see a formerly super Cena not being so super. It's really strange, isn't it? To the point where I'm actually not sure if he's going to win it. Because usually it's textbook, textbook, you know, the, the usually it's, it's weird. Wrestling, as much as they don't want to, they leave like little crumbs and nuggets of where the story's going to go. Oh, this, this guy's going to mm -hmm. win because he said this and blah, blah. Because Cena is so selfless. The reason why they, go, they call him the GOAT, he's the GOAT in terms of Vince's standard. I've always said it that of all the top guys, John Cena is the greatest because he never gave any back talk to Vince. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? All right, pal, I need to go to China. You gonna learn some Chinese? Yeah, fine, sure, cool. I'll learn some Chinese. Hey, pal, I need you to stay a bit later. Yeah, sure, sure, I'll do that. See, he never had any ego. Hey, pal, you're gonna do the Marine. Oh, crap film. But yeah, I'll, I'll do it. You know, I'm a team player. Gee, sir, I'm a team player. Austin wasn't like that. The Rock was like that until Triple H went, no, nah, I'm a bigger draw than him. Just let his contract expire. But yeah, guys like Bret Hart, Stone Cold, Hulk Hogan, you name Shawn it. Michaels. Shawn Michaels, Bruno Sorrentino, Ultimate Warrior. Yeah, they all had kickbacks. John Cena never had kickbacks. So within the standard definition of a sports entertainer, not a professional wrestler, but within the WWE universe, huh, John Cena meets all the criteria to be the greatest of all time, you know, longest on, on top. Uh, WrestleMania appearances, you know, merchandise sold. So in terms of Vince's criteria, because Vince's criteria is WWE criteria where it was until you see what TKO does next year. Cena is the GOAT in that regard. So yes, but Super Cena was always the man. But nowadays, this guy's on a weird, he's on the anti-Roman Reigns streak. Losing, like, he hasn't won a singles match on TV in a long time. Come on, Cena. Stop being so selfless. <laughs> Have some ego. Bury someone. Like Alex <laughs> Riley. <laughs> you need someone to piss John Cena yeah. off backstage. Where's JTG when you need him? <laughs> Gosh. So we'll see. All right, well, we'll see. I don't know how good the match is going to be at Crown Jewel, but 
But I, also, I've been interested in what John Cena's been doing. But also, I remember there's a crux of the promo where um, Paul Heyman was giving flowers to Cena's promo ability, and he said that Solo could take that ability away because he said you could be you could be a great manager. And I was like, ah, oh, a Johnny Fabulous reference because uh, John yep. Cena Senior, John Cena's dad, is a wrestling manager. Or he was a wrestling manager in uh, the Massachusetts uh, wrestling circuit, mm-hmm. and which retroactively made John Cena a second generation wrestler. I think it's called a retroactive second generation wrestler because yeah. he started before his dad, but his dad came after him. <laughs> so it's a weird. So John Cena is is a retroactive second generation wrestler because yeah. he came. Yeah, I love that part of the story. Yeah, John Cena's dad was a wrestling manager, Johnny Fabulous. So he's saying that Cena, you could be Johnny Fabulous Junior if you wanted to be, but if you mess with our story, Solo's gonna give you the thumb to the nozzle. So we'll see what happens. Then we had we had a backstage deal where mm-hmm. Dragon Lee is being interviewed. He gets challenged to a match by Cedric Alexander. Why not? This sounds like a grand old time to me. And you know what? It was. We had Dragon Lee make his entrance, and Cedric Alexander gets a little video package showing his career highlights, former Cruiserweight champion, mm-hmm. shows him getting signed by Triple H after mm-hmm. his match with Kota Ibushi. Mm-hmm. Still can't believe that match happened, mm-hmm. but it did in a WWE ring. Very good little piece of business here. Thought they need to do these kind of video packages so much more often because this ticked all the boxes for what I want if you're having someone on TV who's really good but isn't on TV all the time. So they get in the ring, and they have just a fun-ass little match, you know? I said in my edited review of this show that I cannot believe this week's SmackDown and last week's SmackDown are the same show because mm-hmm. you weren't watching last week's show. No, I wasn't. And I I envy you because I went on a tirade, a proper tantrum over the booking of Dragon Lee and more or less the structure of the match because it was just asinine. But my greater point was you had Cameron Grimes and Dragon Lee team up against Austin Theory and Grayson Waller. Mm -hmm. And Dragon Lee didn't get to do anything on TV. His whole portion of the match was during the commercial break. They come back from commercial. He's making the hot tag to Cameron Grimes. It's madness. And then they lose. So he doesn't even get to win this match. And then you go from that to this week, yeah. where he seems important. Mm-hmm. His, his opponent is being given a vignette package to make mm-hmm. him seem even more impressive when mm-hmm. he wins. Mm-hmm. And I cannot believe yeah. that these are the same show. I know. There's, there's holes in logic because one didn't make sense and this, I call this a Tempest special because it, it, it ticks always boxing when he wants in a wrestling match and we got a Tempest special so you should definitely check it out and Cedric Alexander, severely underrated. Absolutely. I, I was talking in the office with my dear boy over here and I said like, um, if wrestlers are not utilized as a singles wrestler, if there's like, there's an, if there's too many wrestlers getting pushed and there's wrestlers pushed to the side, my, my go-to is put them in a tag team. You know, guys like Apollo Crews, who unfortunately went in NXT to rehab his career, to come back to the main roster, to be a dud again. She can't put him back to NXT because that'd be like a third time as a fail. I said, you should put Cedric Alexander and Apollo Crews into a tag team because you need tag teams. They're not doing much. Put them into the other tag team. I've, I can see Apollo Crews and, you know, and Cedric Alexander being an a, a effective tag team. You, you can ignore the part where Cedric Alexander did turn heel on <laughs> on, on uh, Ricochet and uh, Apollo Crews doing the Thunderdome era that no one ever remembers. That's how he joined the um, Hurt Business. So, yeah. 
you should do that. Yeah. I mean, I think Cedric Alexander is fantastic. I he tweeted is. earlier today in response to a thing that I saw you liking about a match that Cedric had with Kazuchika Okada mm-hmm. in 2015 mm-hmm. at uh, Global Wars, mm-hmm. New Japan and Ring of Honor, show that I was at. And I remember seeing Cedric Alexander, and I was like, yo, this man's sick. So when he got announced for the Cruiserweight Classic like a year later, I was like, oh, my God, that's awesome. And I've kind of been rooting for him ever since. But, yeah, you know. He's, he, yeah, he's come a long way. He's used to be in the tag team of Caprice Coleman, the CNC Factory, I think that was the name. Even though that's the name of an actual group, maybe I'm making a name. They had a name. They had a CNC name. I think it was CNC Factory. But he's come a long way from being a tag team of Caprice Coleman. Then, you know, he did some stuff in PWG. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's it's been a long journey, man. He's gone through a body transformation. I mean, that flashback showed us that he used to be a little bit chunky back in the days. You can say the 205 Live kind of thing helped him <laughs> get in shape because he had to lose weight to actually qualify for it. But he, he, he had flashes of moments when he was a solo on Raw, when Paul Heyman, because Paul Heyman was a huge fan of his, so Paul Heyman put him in a spot where he's rubbing elbows with Stone Cold Steve Austin and mm-hmm. it didn't go anywhere because a certain person has to be a micromanager. And then, you know, Hurt Business was the highlight of his, of his run on the main roster outside of the Cruiserweight, you know, 205 stuff. And... It just it was a stop, stop pushes. We we've been conditioned not, not to believe anymore because you're like, okay, how long are they gonna get bored of this guy? You know, that's why it tends to happen. But I'm hoping in the new era, the new TKO era of WWE, that Cedric Alexander's got a place at the table because you need more wrestlers like him. Because AEW, the other show, they're overflowing with talent to the point where they know they don't know what to do with them. Because he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll take this talent. Oh, remember that space. Uh, uh, R.A. Rampage. What other shows do we have? You know what I'm saying? You need more wrestlers. You need mm-hmm. like variety. And Cedric Alexander can provide a variety. He can have a match with Dragon Lee. He can have a match with Ricochet, Apollo Crews. You, there's so many talented guys need to bring out from the basement and actually push them. Absolutely, I agree. And I also got an astoundingly large pop out of this match because Dragon Lee won this match with the Destino. Little L-I, I almost said L-I-W, L-I-J, or I guess in his case, just L-I, Los Ingobernables. Uh, L-F-I. Yeah, buff. but originally it was just Los Ingobernables. It was, yes. You know, L-I. so you go all the way back. But yes, mm-hmm. regardless, Dragon Lee gets the win in a much better presented match than we got last week. And then the last thing that we have to talk about here on this show mm-hmm. is the return Proper return, advertised return. We had the return last week, but the actual return now of Bianca Belair. Bianca comes out and she just cuts a promo on this show. She plays the clip of her being attacked and injured by damage control. And she says that it still hurts to watch that footage. But all of that filled me with a vengeance. A vengeance to come back and fight hard. And I'm going to take the WWE Women's Championship back from Eosky at Crown Jewel. Hmm. The reason I say hmm is because um, pre-break Bianca, before she took a sabbatical uh, storyline injury, she was on the trajectory of something. Mm -hmm. She was disgruntled. She was angry. She was filled, you know, with vinegar and, you know, the grit. And we enjoy seeing that. I, I, I hope she maintains that because it seemed like she could potentially be turning into a heel. It was a justified heel turn where she's been screwed over, blah, blah, and Charlotte's getting an opportunity. But maybe they're curbing it right now. But uh, I hope they continue to give her that kind of grit because I like the realism of her being... I don't want to say she, she should continue to be screwed over because she is technically still feuding with damage control. And that's what she kind of did last year. Uh-huh. So... Never ending story. 
but it's with EO Sky. They had a great match, you know, before. So, you know, I can't complain. I believe that they will have another great match. I yeah. very much hope that they have another great match. It's just that... She, She's a, she's kryptonite to damage control. It's like damage control really. Bailey, uh, let's just say Bailey has been beaten down enough. Yeah. I'm just worried about that. I'm like, leave Bailey alone. <laughs> <laughs> but this is the thing with the SmackDown women's division at the moment is it feels like you have damage control and then you have sort of a rotating cast of Charlotte, Oscar, and Bianca, mm -hmm. and at any given moment, one of them will step back in, and one or two of the others take some time off mm -hmm. and it makes for kind of a stale division. Mm -hmm. Like it's nice to see Bianca come back yeah. because a couple months off does kind of just freshen her up and is like, Oh, exciting. Mm. EO and Bianca with the title on the other person. That's a new match. Mm. So that's a little bit more exciting, but in general, I'm not going to get that amped up over a Charlotte flair return or an Oscar return when they just, take a month off and come back or they just keep doing this and they rotate. So I would like to see more people involved here. And maybe that does mean suffering through a few uninteresting weeks of like Shotzi and Chelsea and Piper and everything in order to get them to that level where they can also be in the mix. I know, but there's more women on that show, right? I don't I, just... I, I, are there though? I'm starting to think some of them jump ship this to Raw without actually... I think so. Because I was like, Zaya. That's what yeah. That's what I was like, Zaya, are you... No, they're on Raw, and the people we yeah. got for SmackDown were Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, and they haven't been here. They've had like two matches, and they have inconsistent vignettes because we didn't have a vignette. That, did we have a vignette this week? No, no. that's what I mean because they forget, and they're like, "Oh yeah, crap, my, my bad. I didn't put the the tape in. I'm sorry, DVD, uh, CD, uh, AI. I don't know. Ah, oh, crap. Play." <laughs> so this promo was. Was fine. Yeah. You know, it sets up another match that I am assuming is going to be very She's good. got a mission statement. Yeah. She made it clear. She wants to be champion again. I, I guess it's a continuation of where she left off, which is to regain a title that she unfairly lost. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, good stuff there. You yeah. know, there'll be another good match at Crown Jewel. I like seeing that the women's title is going to be defended on pay-per-view again, which Yay. is a nice change. Yay. But anywho, that wraps up this episode of SmackDown. It and does. I thought... This is a pretty good episode of SmackDown. All things considered, you had a really good uh, really good match between Dragon Lee and Cedric Alexander that had me really excited to see it. A Tempest special. We're a gonna Tempest make it special. Yeah. You had some good promo segments. They had Roman Reigns on the show, so it felt a little bit more alive. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I don't have too much to complain about for this show. It's like, it quite noteworthy, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was, it was a good little episode of SmackDown. I gave it a four out of five. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump on it. Yeah, four out of five. I mean, stuff happened. Yeah. Stuff happened. Yeah. So let us know what you thought of this episode of SmackDown in the comments down below. Make sure that you like this video, subscribe, and enable notifications to always on so you don't miss our upcoming collision podcast on Monday. And Sat, you have something to talk about as well, don't I you? I do. Oh, yeah. See, Sat E. Nyangi created content is not on any of the Rastal channels, but it's on the Rest Things YouTube channel. Uh, we're at the tail end of Black UK Black History Month, but I create content with guys from Rest Things, Expressions, Expressions Oozing, who's a football vlogger, and also a Barstool contributor, and also with Skillet. It's called a 
90s representation for UK black wrestling fans. So we talk about Ahmed Johnson versus Farouk and we use that as a catalyst to talk about how uh, it was for black wrestlers in the 90s and where this feud ended up leading up to, you know, it led to formation of Nation of Domination, The Rock's ascension up, you know, to in the wrestling world in Hollywood and so forth. So please check it out. Go on the Wrestling's uh, YouTube channel. And if you like the video, please like, subscribe and watch the other stuff. They're great guys. They're a bunch of UK black content creators talking about wrestling. And uh, I'm a huge fan of their and, and uh, I'll do everything in my power to support them because they do everything independently by themselves. And me being here using this platform to help other people to, you know, to, to get eyes on them is, is, the, is the least I can do in this situation. So I appreciate uh, Tempest for giving me this time to, to promote this. So please go on the Rest Things YouTube channel and watch this video right there. Have a lovely sat e day. Mwah. What he said. Thank you very much for watching. We will be back next week with another SmackDown review podcast. Until then, I've been Tempest. That's been Sat. That has been Sat E Day. Happy birthday if it's your birthday. Take care. We're out of time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.